0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scultori, and I just want to say Merry Christmas to all celebrating this week, and we are going to have a fun show. I am flying solo, but we want to hit on some relevant topics since all this news and information has just come out this week. Um, If you haven't listened to the last podcast with Colin Stevenson, I suggest you go and do that. Please click subscribe, leave some reviews, I'd appreciate it. Today's episode will focus on the news that came out including some key dates, details, and the offside rule changes which I think are fantastic. Then we'll dive into some Rangers topics including the expansion draft, training camp, Alexi Lafreniere, and so much more. So let's buckle up and let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast, powered by foreverblueshirts.com. Hello, everyone, again, and welcome to the Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast. So let's talk about all the news and information that has come out from the NHL over the last 24 to 48 hours. Here's what we know. Let's break it down so that way you can mark down your calendars. On December 31st, training camps will open for the seven non-return-to-play teams. On January 3rd, the rest of the league, including the New York Rangers, will open up their camps. It will be a short 10-day camp. Um, January 13th is the regular season. That's when it will begin. Now, schedules have yet to be released. It is Wednesday, December twenty third. They are they are expected to be released this afternoon. So look look for those. Um, then on April twelfth during the regular season, that is your trade deadline, which will be a very interesting trade deadline this year. Um, obviously, the impact of COVID nineteen on the economy and also the NHL economy with the salary cap not going to rise probably the the next year at 81.5 it will stay stagnant that is what everyone is um, said it was going to happen so That's what they'll be dealing with, so it's going to be very interesting. What bargains will be available, how teams will shift, change. We know it's a 56-game schedule. The Rangers, um, in particular, since this is Ranger-centric, will be playing everybody in the newly formed East Division eight times. That is eight games against the Boston Bruins. Eight games against the Washington Capitals. Eight games against the Philadelphia Flyers, probably the the team that I dread the most. For some reason, we don't seem to match up well against them, but things can change in a year. Then we have eight games against the Islanders, eight games against the Devils, eight games against the Penguins, and eight games against the Buffalo Sabres, who will not be easy this year, folks. You're talking Jack Eichel. You're talking Taylor Hall. They're going to be tougher. Are they going to be... Impossible to beat? Absolutely not. Probably the Rangers will win the majority of those games. But still, 56 games. We're talking old Patrick Division-style hockey. And then, understand the way the playoffs are going to be laid out. The first two rounds are still going to stay within the division. That is old-time hockey, Patrick Division, you know, what I grew up loving, where you're going to kill each other during the course of a regular season the jockey for position, but... You know what? If you come in fourth and you lost all eight games to the team that came in first, you will have a seven-game series to right that wrong and win that win that series and move on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. This is where rivalries and, and all those old stories, this is what they're born out of. Uh, so going to be fun looking at it that way. Um, the other thing to also take note is the last day of the regular season will be May 8th. The playoffs will begin. The uh, on May 11th. So there'll be some there'll be some rest going into the playoffs. Uh, July 9th should be the last possible day they award the Stanley Cup. They have the Olympics. I know I know they're trying to work out TV deals and they don't want to mess with NBC in the Olympics. Uh, so they're going to make sure this gets in an ample time as well. And then so this is key. On July 17th, all teams must submit their protected list for the Seattle expansion. The expansion will take place on a Wednesday at 8 o'clock. and That's on July 21st. The Seattle Kraken will do their expansion draft. So that is a key date to keep your eyes on. Then the NHL draft is a couple of days later. It's on a Friday. July 23rd is round 1. Round 2 through 7 is July 24th. What you should know and what you should be completely aware of is that it's supposed to be in person, which is... Great. Uh, although the last draft being virtual is you know was what it was. Uh, and for Ranger fans, they don't care. Alexei Lafrenier was the was the number one overall pick. And then Braden Schneider in the first round as well was an absolute steal. He's this kid is developing into something special, I think. Uh, gonna be maybe a, a future Norris trophy candidate. I, I'm jumping the gun, of course, but this kid's got the makings of it. Anyway, um, that is going to be the draft. And then the free agent frenzy, which is one of my favorite days of the year, that is going to take place on July 28th, uh, start time at 12 o'clock. Okay, and that is also on a Wednesday. Now, here are some important things that are a little bit different. Uh, There's a lot with regards to testing and protocols surrounding COVID-19. I know the Rangers will not be starting with any fans in the building. New York State doesn't allow it. There are a handful of teams that are going to have limited attendance. Those will be the Dallas Stars, Florida Panthers, and Arizona Coyotes. So they will have fans in the stands. But just so we are clear, there's some differences uh, with COVID-19 this year. And that is if a player tests positive, it's a confirmed positive COVID-19 case, that's going to be made public. Okay. So they're going to we're going to know who the player is that has COVID-19. This does not apply during training camp, okay? That's what's being reported. Also, when a player is determined to have COVID-19, teammates that are identified as close contacts, they're not going to be required to quarantine so long as they test negative and remain asymptomatic and don't have a fever, okay? Otherwise, they're going to have to quarantine, which Leads into taxi squad discussions um, and how that will be used. Teams will be allowed to carry up to four to six taxi squad members. Those players will work just like the AHL. So if the player is making under $1.075 million, that entire hit is not going to go on the cap. That is like considered AHL and if they are waiver eligible they'll have to pass through waivers of course um, that's why you'll see teams try and use players that are non-waiver eligible so they can freely move them back and forth um, in the case of the Rangers you could be looking at players like a Morgan Baron. Um, you could you look in he was waiver exempt uh, Keandre Miller waiver exempt but they do have performance bonuses issues but again It all depends. You're not going to pay out heavy performance bonuses on those type of players if they don't win rookie of the year and they don't meet certain um, standards set in their contracts. Another player is like Tim Gettinger. Tim Gettinger is waiver-exempt, so the Rangers can freely call him back and forth. Rangers have a host of players that they can do that with. Um, So that kind of explains taxi squads, and teams will also be using that to deal with some of their cap issues. They may not actually... Go with their full 23-man roster. They may, you know, just do the bare minimum of 20 and put those three guys on um, the taxi squad, so as not to, you know, be up against the cap or over it in some cases. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Another thing to be aware of is that coaches will be required to wear face coverings during the games now. So that is a big deal, right? And when it comes to the scheduling that I talked about earlier, the 56 games, uh, eight games against each opponent in your division, there are instances where there are going to be three-game segments and even some four-game segments. Uh, That could very well happen. It could be four straight games against the Islanders. Who knows where? It's like kind of a home-and-home. Two games at the Garden, two games at the Coliseum, back-to-back. So you're playing them four straight times. Uh, For the most part, it's going to be two-game stands. That's what everyone is, seems to be reporting. You'll play two games in your building, then you'll move on two games against another opponent, whether that's in your building or in their arena. It all depends on the scheduling, which we will learn about at some point today. Another big thing to come out of all this information is the NHL is changing their offsides rules. And all I have to say is, hallelujah! So, now... A player will not be deemed offside if, for some reason, their back skate is off the ice. Their front skate could be in the zone. If the puck crosses and that back skate, as long as it doesn't break the plane of the blue line, okay, kind of think football in the goal line, if it doesn't break the plane, that player is no longer offside. Skate can be off the ice as long as it's on the line or behind it that will be good. That's going to reduce the amount of offside challenges. How many times last year watching hockey games did you see a goal scored momentum stop because they threw in the flag and they said please review that, okay? Uh, that that that's an offside goal. And you go and you look and you go, how is that offside? And then you look closer and they show you the player skate had lifted off the ice because of instant replay. We could see it. That player's skate lifted off the ice barely a centimeter or two, but you can clearly see it's not touching. No goal. That leg could be behind the blue line. That skate could be behind the blue line. Doesn't matter. He lifted it. He's offside. Silly rule. Thank God they changed it. The one thing that should be clear is when it's a delayed offside, all players need to touch up and must have their skates on the ice. Nothing major. You can actually find everything I just said over at thedailygoldhorn.com. I repeat, thedailygoldhorn.com, your new home for news and rumors. Please check it out. I really appreciate the support there. Site is growing nicely, and good things can only happen the more and more people come to it. Okay, fans, let's talk about training camp. So right now, training camp Rules are 36 invites. So you can invite 36 skaters and unlimited goalies. That is a key thing to understand. And when it comes to taxi squads, like I mentioned before, four to six players, you must carry three goalies during the year. Doesn't matter if there's three on your roster or there's at least one on the taxi squad. So you must carry three goalies. All things to keep in mind. So very quickly... The way I look at it, looking at the Rangers official website, um, they have 23 players currently listed on the official website on the roster, uh, and I'm also adding Alexei Lafreniere, so that's going to be 24, okay? So when you remove the two goalies, you have 22, that means 14 additional skaters uh, will be invited to camp, or up to 14. I don't know if the Rangers will actually, maybe they... They know who they think they're going to break it down to, boil it down to, and don't want to have 36 invites. But let's talk at center. We're looking at Mika Zibanejad, Ryan Strom, Philip Heal, Brett Howden, Colin Blackwell, and Kevin Rooney. On the wings, we have Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, Pavel Buchnevich, Capo Kako, Alexei Lafreniere, Brendan Lemieux, Julian Gauthier, and Phil DiGiuseppe. On defense, we're looking at Jacob Truba, Tony D'Angelo, Ryan Lingren. Adam Fox, Jack Johnson, Brendan Smith, and Anthony Batetto. So when you're looking at projecting the Rangers' remaining camp invites, first off, let's start with the confirmed players that are going to attend. Okay, I confirmed some of them. Also, Larry Brooks has uh, confirmed most of them. So Libor Hayek, who I believe is still stuck in the Czech Republic along with Filippito work getting a work visa. Um, Tarmo Runanen. Keandre Miller, Brandon Crawley, Morgan Barron, Tim Gettinger, Patrick Kodorenko, Justin Richards, and Austin Rushoff. Now, the other players, the remaining um, players to finish up the, the amount of players that we're talking about here, Anthony Greco, Johnny Brzezinski, Darren Radish, Matthew Robertson, Patrick Newell, Gabriel Fontaine, Possibly Tyroning. These are all players that I think will be considered but have not been officially invited. I do believe Greco, brdzinski will definitely be there. They will sign this offseason. When it comes to goaltenders that will be a training, uh, attending training camp, you have unlimited goalies. So you do have Shostakovich and Georgiev. Keith Kincaid. Who Keith Kincaid, I spoke with someone on the team uh, I had asked, you know, considering that it's unlimited goalies, do they think maybe they'll bring in a, a better veteran goaltender? Uh, you know, there are names out there like Jimmy Howard. There's names like Craig Anderson, Ryan Miller, who Ryan Miller, I heard, is going to be uh, signing up with the Anaheim Ducks again. I think Nick Alberga of Sirius XM put that out there. But you do have Greg, Craig Anderson and you have Jimmy Howard, who I think would be I, better than Keith Kincaid, but they'll probably cost more. in cap-wise, it doesn't make sense. Kincaid makes well under the $1 million threshold that I was talking about. So I think the, they're going to go with Kincaid. And they could, they could invite Huska, Adam Huska, to camp, Tyler Wall to camp, just to get them reps, uh, you know, if you're going to have that many people. So when you're talking about camp invites, that's what I'm thinking. When you talk about taxi squads, I like to look at is. I think you should, if it's six up to six, you should think of a unit, right? Three forwards, two defensemen, and one goaltender. We know the goaltender is going to be Keith Kincaid. So who should the other skaters be? And you can go a couple of different ways with that. But just remember, you're going to want to put these players who are either on a you know two way deal or have an NHL contract that is under that million seven five um, that million. 075 to be exact. So you want to put those type of players on your taxi squad so there's no cap impact whatsoever. So when it comes to the taxi squad, here's how I see it shaking out. Okay. I'm thinking Colin Blackwell will be on the taxi squad. Tim Gettinger will be on the taxi squad. Um, Johnny Brzezinski or Anthony Greco could also be on the taxi squad. These are all forwards. Um, if you want, Morgan Barron probably would be a good candidate to put on the taxi squad. Uh, he's waiver-exempt along with Tim Gettinger. Okay, so that you don't have to worry about moving them in and out of the lineup. Uh, he will have performance bonuses, which the Rangers need to keep a cushion. They're, they already have to allot $4 million for a cushion at this point. So they have to be very careful with that. But I do believe that it might make some sense, at least in the early going before the AHL gets started. At this point, we don't know. Specifically, they're holding to a date of February 5th. We haven't gotten any additional news on the AHL. On defense, I believe Anthony Batetto makes a lot of sense to be that uh, defenseman. Again, it's very difficult because will the Rangers move Tony D'Angelo to the left? Let's just say they don't, okay? Right now you're talking Brendan Smith, you're talking Jack Johnson, and you're talking Ryan Lindgren are penciled in with Libor Hayek and Tarmo Roonan knocking on the door. You do have Keandre Miller coming to camp. Any one of those three players could blow the doors off of it. The one thing I just, you know, maybe they could have some cap savings if they want to put Brendan Smith on the taxi squad. Uh, remember, he makes over $4 million, and that means they're only going to save $1 million on the cap if they move him over. So it can be done. He would require waivers, as would Jack Johnson. Uh, it's up to them if they want to put one of those veterans on the taxi squad and take the chance of moving them back and forth. Uh, Anthony Boteto makes the most sense to put on the taxi squad, but that other defenseman is, is quite difficult, and until camp shakes out... It's hard to tell. Everyone wants Libor Hayek to make it because they want to be able to see what they have in him before they expose him to the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft, which is a distinct possibility. Ryan Lingren is the only one I could say 100% is penned into the lineup. If Tarmo Runanen impresses, then you, you put him in. You wouldn't use Runanen or um, Hayek as a seventh defenseman. They would have to play. It doesn't really make sense to leave him as a seventh defenseman. So there's a lot to shake out. Keandre Miller. The problem with Keandre Miller is performance bonuses. He will have high performance bonuses because he is a first-round selection. Um, so you're taking a big risk. But if he's but if he's he's so good and he's ready, why? Why why wait? Figure it, figure out the cap situation afterwards. So a lot of the players I just mentioned, any one of them is a candidate to be that second defenseman on the taxi squad. And when we come back, we'll do our final segment and we'll talk about primarily Alexi Lafreniere and some other news surrounding the New York Rangers. Before we get started, folks just want to say once again, thank you all for the support this year, uh, 2021. I'm hoping it's going to be a big one for the network for full tilt hockey network. Can't thank you enough. Um, And also, please, go to foreverblueshirts.com. We write every day, three to four times a day. We do our best to stay on top of all the latest Rangers news and rumors. Um, If we we feel it's newsworthy, uh, we will write it up and we will opine and make sure we give you our opinion and our analysis on all things Rangers for sure. And with the season about to start, coverage is going to ramp up. I promise you. It should be your home for New York Rangers hockey. That's what I want. That's what I intended when I started this thing. And I want to thank you all. With that said, let's talk about the Rangers more specifically, um, looking at Alexei Lafreniere. But I want to start with the odds makers. The odds makers released their odds for who's going to win the East Division in the NHL this season. The Bruins are your clear-cut favorites, followed by the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I struggle. I know they're, they're older; they have made a lot of changes. You know, is their goaltending situation really all it's cracked up to be? I don't know. The Capitals come in fourth, so those would be your four playoff teams. The Capitals will come in fourth, and I could see that the Capitals have taken some hits, but I think they're better than the Penguins. But that's besides the point. In fifth are the New York Islanders. I'm sure Islander fans will love being slighted. Um, The New York Rangers come in as 7 1 favorites, and they're looking at them finishing sixth outside the playoff pictures. Um, And that's followed by the Sabres and then New Jersey Devils. So they got the Devils finishing dead last. I could totally see that. Um, But in truth, the Bruins are hurt to start the season. I don't know what changes they're going to make. No Pasternak. Uh, There's no Brad Marchand. Chara may not be coming back. And anyway, if he does, he is, you know, 43 going on 44. They lost Tori Krug. You know, will they get Mike Hoffman? I don't know. Sounds like the Blues are hot after him too. I just don't see the... Maybe the Bruins will make the playoffs, but they're certainly not going to be, you know, coming out of the gate a juggernaut. And we're talking 56-game schedule. So... It is the odds are what they are. Can the Rangers make the playoffs? I absolutely believe so. It would take a lot of things to go right. Okay, primarily the defense has to be serviceable. We know Fox and Lingwin are going to be great. We know Tony D'Angelo is going to put up points. If Truba has a bounce back year, yes, the Rangers can do it. If the if the left side defense shapes itself up okay and a kid like Libor Hayek really starts to come into his own. That is only going to help their Rangers playoff chances. If Jack Johnson is serviceable, great. If Brendan Smith, you know, is serviceable, great. If Tarmo Runinen is as good as everyone thinks he he is from what we're, they're seeing in the Finnish league, then even better. Uh, if Keandre Miller is ready, yeah, okay. These are question marks, though. <laughs> Uh, the real key will be for the Rangers is that their goaltending is excellent. If their goaltending is excellent, combined with their offensive scoring power, and if Kako does make the natural progression, they have the firepower to compensate for some of their defensive issues. That could be enough in a 56-game schedule for them to get in the playoffs. As a fourth seed, You know, I don't see them ever being higher than a third if things break right. I don't think they could win the division. I don't think they could even come in second. The other teams are just too good. Uh, at least right now, this should be a fun season, okay? Spoke with somebody in the team. They, they told me this is going to be, everyone should have patience because this is going to be the year that they, they, they set the foundation and next year they believe they're going to take off, okay? And that's what I got from inside the org. They believe they're going to take off next year. And that sounds right to me because I think this is a Stanley Cup contender in, in, a, in two years for sure. Anyway, with that being said, those are the odds. I don't know how everyone feels about it, but if we want to look at last season a little bit as some sort of a barometer, let me just give you a record against those teams. Against the Sabers, they were 1 and 1. They scored 8 goals for, gave up 5 against. The Devils, they were 2 and 2, 16 goals for, 14 goals against. The problem here is is they were 500 against two really bad clubs. That doesn't mean, you know, seeing this opponent that many times that that's not going to pan out in the Rangers' favor. Against the Islanders, they were three and one. You know, so the hot shot Islanders who made it to the conference finals, who I think they played over their heads. Okay. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Rangers uh, fan, uh, but I just think that the Islanders Varlamov was un, he was he was unconscious a lot of games standing and said, I don't think they were that good. They have a very good defense, but they've taken some hits. I don't know how they'll respond. Rangers were three and one against them, 15 goals for 11 against against the Flyers they were putrid worse than any team and the, they were bad okay they were 0-3 6 goals for 15 goals against the absolute worst they played Pittsburgh once last year they won that game okay 3 to 2 so they played Pittsburgh only once they beat the Caps twice out of three times so 2-1 12 goals for 11 goals so it was tight but they won that that remarkable Mika Zibanejad Five-goal performance, winning it in overtime is the difference maker there. Uh, and against Boston, even though they, it was it was tough sledding against Boston, they did manage out of one of those three games to uh, you know get a, an overtime loss out of it. So they were 0-2-1, seven goals for, 13 goals against. If they catch Boston early in the schedule, they could turn that around. If you look at that, there's a very good shot. they Like I said, they could sneak in. So just using that as a barometer, it's going to be obviously a tough sledding, but manageable. Okay? When we come back again, I will wrap up. We'll talk about Alexei Lafreniere and where he fits this year. So let's wrap up the show talking about number one overall pick, Alexei Lafreniere. Number 13 on the scorecard number one in every Ranger fan's heart. Um, Anyway, just very quickly, there's a lot of discussion about where Lafreniere should play. And ultimately, no matter what David Quinn decides, there's going to be questions coming from different people who have different views on what should be done with the kid. I will share mine. I did read an article by Larry Brooks of the New York Post recently, who suggested, don't be shocked if... He doesn't make if it's not him making a switch to right wing. I really I know that the Rangers right now their are top four wingers, Kreider, and Panarin on the left side, Bucnevic and Kako on the right. I don't think it would be in the in the team's best interest or Kako's if Lafranier takes his spot as one of the top two right wings and you put him to the third. Nor do I think it's going to help Pavel Bucnevic, who's in the final year of his contract and will be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. That would only hurt his trade value if the Rangers do intend on, you know, putting him up on the market at the deadline or try and move him at the draft. You certainly don't want to hurt his offensive numbers. And he is coming along and honestly deserves to be the top line right winger right now at the moment. And Kako should be your second, which does cause a problem. What do you do with Lafreniere? I have no problem playing Lafreniere. On the third line. I really don't. I, I think it's perfectly fine. If he's on the third line. And he's playing with Philippe Hiedel And po- quite possibly Julian Gauthier. There's no issue uh, for me with that. What I do believe. Is that. You know. When it comes to. Lafranier, The best possible place. Obviously you're not going to put him. You know on a line with Strom And take Panarin off of it. Or move Panarin up. I, I I think the chemistry is right. I think you want to maybe see Chris Kreider move to to the third line, um, and maybe Lafreniere getting a shot with Zibanejad and Bucnevic, because I think you want to deal with the future immediately and just say what do you have? See if he's successful. If not, I like I said, a third line with Philip Hedl and Julian Goce should be should be solid. Should be good. Um, and I also would love to see, if Kreider were to shift down to the third line and play with Hedl and Gauthier, you have a lot of size on that line and a lot of speed with Kreider and Gauthier and Hedl. Uh, I think Gauthier can play it physical. I think he can certainly do that with his game. And I also know Kreider can play it physical. And it would really give the Rangers three incredible lines. I think if, if, you, if it could work out with Lafreniere at the top, it gives the Rangers three incredible lines. Again, are you going to move your your seven million dollar alternate captain Chris Kreider down to a third line? It's a short season. Those three lines need to eat a bulk of the ice time on many nights. Um, it's roughly, I, I believe Brooks worked out the the number of days and everything else, and it's it's not that far off from the scheduling, you know, last season, which was some which was condensed as well, but at the same time. You know, I just like the balance of the three lines. So when it comes to Alexei Lafreniere, and people are going to have many opinions on this, personally, my preference is to, out of the gate, let him play with Zibanejad and Buchnevich on the first line. Give him an opportunity. Give him a few games there. See what he has. If it looks like he's overwhelmed, you slip Kreider right back up to that first line and you put him down on the third line with Hedl and Goche. Let him, he will be the star of that line. He might elevate Hedl's game to new heights, right? And we're off to the races. And that kid line will, will do well and will help the Rangers. And it certainly will be something to keep an eye on this early going in the season. And with that, we're wrapping up a very short show, but... I think it was one that needed to be done. Uh, lots of information, lots, lots to talk about. I'm going to be working on another guest for the next podcast. I'm hoping to do it this weekend. Obviously realize with the holidays, it's going to be tougher. Uh, the next podcast, if not this weekend, will be next Wednesday. So with that, Merry Christmas to everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for listening.